Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back, Empty Nation, to the show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mader. We are... DMD's Fantasy Football Show, and we are going to be talking about a lot of things today because we're not going to be around tomorrow. Yes, that's right. Usually 12 to 1.30 on both Fridays and Thursdays like today, but we're not going to be around tomorrow because we are, I am, celebrating my anniversary with my lovely wife of three years. So we're going to be doing that instead this weekend. But remember, you can always contact me on social media at BellyUpMDFFShow. We're going to help you out along the way. But that means we have two shows of content to get through today's episode. So we have a lot we got to unpack because we're previewing all the week five matchups, going over the injury reports, what we expect for the weekend is who's going to play. And of course, you're going to have to stay with us on Twitter because you're going to have to stay up to date because we're going to not be around again until Sunday. Well, we'll be talking to you throughout the weekend. So make sure you're following along. Make sure you're staying up to date because we have a lot of news coming out, right? COVID this morning, Tennessee Titans have another player who tested positive today. And from what we're told, because the Buffalo Bills have to play on Thursday, they don't know what they're going to do as far as rescheduling purposes go. They, they say pretty much they can't. So either this game gets canceled altogether or they're going to find some way to magically play. And I don't know how that's going to happen at this point, being that players on the Titans continue to test positive new ones. 
So we're going to have to see what, how that's going to unpack. The good news is, as far as that aspect is concerned, is that the Patriots and the Chiefs did not have any new uh, positive tests. So that is the good news there after the scare from yesterday when we had Stephon Gilmore suddenly test positive. It sounds like they didn't have any more positive tests. If the Patriots do not have any positive tests again, they may practice uh, tomorrow. So they may be back in their facility because they're still not today. They, the team made a decision after yesterday. They were not going to be back yesterday. They were not going to be back uh, today. So maybe Friday they will be able to actually get in the building and possibly practice. So those are the curveballs being thrown our way this week as far as our fantasy football lineups. And hopefully last week, especially if you have Titans players, you kind of already prepared yourself for this, knowing that this game was going to be in jeopardy if they continued to test positive. So hopefully this is able to correct itself. Hopefully there's able to be a game plan moving forward. But for your fantasy football purposes, this is exactly why you have to have depth. This is why you have to be hitting the waiver wires. This is why you have to be open to making trades because you're going to have to be able to finagle and manage a startable team. That's not going to get you killed every week, but that's what we're here for. That's what we're going to talk about. So we're here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN. We're also here, of course, at Belly Up MDFF Show and presented to you by Belly Up Sports. And you can always watch this show, listen to us, or follow us on social media if you download the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app on Android or if you download it on iOS, WWSRN. Let's go ahead and get right into this Thursday night matchup because, like I said, we have to preview all of these games for you guys today to make sure everybody is off on the right foot and starting off with Tampa Bay, the injury list for these guys is insane. I mean, you have Leonard Fournette, who's still technically a game time decision as of, you know, this broadcast going live here at 12 o'clock, but he's still kind of listed more as doubtful than anything else. We have Mike Evans, who is going to be a game time decision. Now he was able to play on Sunday, but he is still hindered. He was still laboring. He is not close to 100%. He was not able to practice at all again today. And they said they are going to give him a pregame workout to determine if he can actually play. The other player, Scotty Miller, he is listed as questionable. However, he is the only player that played in last week's game and the only startable player that is confirmed as being somebody who is a confident that they're going to be, he's going to be playing, that they're confident he will be out there and playing today. So that's the only positive. Scotty Miller might be out there on an island all by himself after today's game because Justin Watson's out. O.J. Howard gone for the season now after the Achilles injury on Sunday. Chris Godwin is going to miss this week. We expect him to be back next week, though. That's the good news on Chris Godwin. LaShawn McCoy is going to be out. So you're looking at a possibility of Ronald Jones and Scotty Miller and not much else, especially if Mike Evans can't go. Now, we are expecting Mike Evans to gut it out. And if he does play, you have to play him. We have him at wide receiver 25, so we have him at that low-end wide receiver 2 territory because of his injuries. But he proved to you last week he still went over 100 yards. He still got you a touchdown, even though he wasn't 100% then. And against the Chicago Bears, it's not a great matchup. It's also not a matchup that scares you in any capacity. So you have to go ahead and fire up Mike Evans if he plays. But be careful. Be make sure you are watching that injury report all the way up until game time because he's sounding more questionable, more of a game time decision than we were anticipating that that being. Ronald Jones, you have to play him. Even if Leonard Fournette does play, even if Leonard Fournette is active, I don't know how much of a workload he can really receive. 
Now there's a caveat with Ronald Jones because it was clear after last week that while he looks good running the football on first and second down, Brady wanted him out of the game when it came to catching the ball. He had three horrible drops. He missed a pass protection again. And Brady gave a glaring stare to the, to the sideline after that last drop and it was just looked over at Bruce Arians like, you got anybody else? And they did. They brought out Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie, the guy I was really big on before they went ahead and signed Leonard Fournette and signed LaShawn McCoy. He comes in, he gets a receiving touchdown. Now, I'm not picking up Keyshawn Vaughn because as soon as Leonard Fournette's back, as soon as LaShawn McCoy's back, he goes back way too down far the depth chart. But the point is made that Ronald Jones is on an incredibly short leash right now. And like I said, this week, he kind of gets away with it because just by default, he's the only one left healthy in that backfield. But don't be surprised if you see Keyshawn Vaughn getting some work in the passing game this week. And don't be surprised if next week comes and Leonard Fournette is the guy moving forward. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. We all know what we're getting out of Ronald Jones at this point. And it's clear to me that Brady was ready to move on. So something to kind of keep in mind there. If you have, if you have Leonard Fournette, or excuse me, if you have Ronald Jones, I would be trying to sell him high before this game. There's people out there who had Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. Maybe they're looking at the possibility of not having Derrick Henry again with the positive uh, COVID tests for this game. Maybe they had Devin Singletary. Maybe they had Christian McCaffrey. The list goes on and on at running back. There's a lot of fantasy football teams that are weak at running back. You're going into this game knowing that Ronald Jones is probably in line to get a good amount of the work now. This is when you trade him. Trade him now. Because I'm telling you right now, after this week, I don't know how much value he's going to have left. So we move on to the Chicago side of the ball. You start Allen Robinson, and that's it. Yeah. Listen, David Montgomery is getting a workload. And yes, he has to be considered in the flex because you may not have a better option. But the problem right now with David Montgomery is that he's not playing well, that offensive line is not blocking well. Oh, and by the way, this is one of the worst matchups a running back could possibly get here with Tampa Bay. So I am not going to feel good if you're in a position where you have to start David Montgomery tonight. And if you can avoid it, I would. Now, rank-wise, I have him in that high-end RB3 territory, the flex territory, just because of volume. And frankly, who's left at the position going into this week? Remember, we got two teams on by on top of it, Detroit and Green Bay. So I'm not feeling good about it. You may not have a better option, but I wouldn't expect much out of David Montgomery in this game. So the only person I'm playing with any kind of confidence is Allen Robinson. The thing to watch in this game from an overall perspective would be Nick Foles. What's, what are they going to do with the quarterback position? Because he played horrible too. And frankly, they're at least, they can make the argument that they are undefeated when Mitchell Trubisky has started. He's not good either. You have two crappy quarterbacks, and we know this. If you've been listening to this show, you, you've known this before going into the season. They had two crappy quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see. A lot of people said they can't go back to Mitchell Trubisky after benching him. Nick Foles continues to play like he has, and I don't see how this game is going to be any better for him with the aggressive blitzing style of Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay. I think he's going to be under duress the entire day. It's not going to look very good. They might have to. It just might be a quarterback carousel this entire year until Matt Nagy gets fired, which is what's going to happen if this team doesn't make the playoffs and they're not looking like they're going to with this kind of quarterback play. 
So that's going to be something to kind of watch moving forward. If you're an Allen Robinson owner, you want nothing more than Nick Foles to find a way to hold on to this job. And that's where the fantasy analysis comes in. You need Nick Foles to hold on to this job. Because the one thing about Nick Foles is while he's not a very good NFL quarterback, he knows how to get his number one wide receiver the ball and get it to him often. We've seen this over the past two weeks since he's taken over. Mitchell Trubisky doesn't. He's not accurate enough. He doesn't throw Allen Robinson the balls down the field. He doesn't throw him enough 50-50 chances. Because if he doesn't see a receiver come open, he has no anticipation. So if he doesn't see a receiver come open, he doesn't throw it to him. Allen Robinson's a guy, he's not going to get a crazy amount of separation. That's not his game. His game is the win at the point of attack. His game is the win in traffic. So if you're an Allen Robinson owner, you need Nick Foles to stay in position. If they switch back to Mitchell Trubisky, either tonight's game or next week, you're going to have to sell high on Allen Robinson moving forward. So just kind of something to watch there if you are a Robinson owner. So we're going to move on kind of streamlining this and we're going to go to the Atlanta Carolina game our first one o'clock game on Sunday Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do I have to say yes you do in the car before my kids PTA meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Carolina, Christian McCaffrey, he's still, you know, this week he's still on IR. There is some tone, some energy out there, some hope that Christian McCaffrey may make a return next week when he's eligible to come off the IR. Now, that would still be beating the original timeline by a few weeks. So it's still going to be highly questionable. And so I'm not telling you to drop Mike Davis or anything like that. But what I will say is this, on the off chance that winds up being true, if you own Mike Davis and you don't own Christian McCaffrey, this is the week before Sunday to sell high on him. First of all, it's a great matchup against Atlanta. So people are going to want him. We just talked about selling on Ronald Jones because we know he's on a short leash and his fantasy value is on a short leash and people are desperate at running back. Well, you'll be able to get a prettier penny for Mike Davis, even if, he only has a week or two left before Christian McCaffrey comes back. This is the time to sell on him. If somebody's going to offer you a player who has long-term fantasy value right now for Mike Davis, and it's a mid-level RB2 or a mid-level wide receiver two the rest of the way, you pull the trigger on that deal. If you can get a Kenyon Drake, who is somebody we've talked about on the show as a buy-low candidate for a Mike Davis, you pull the trigger on that deal. Those are things to be looking out for if you do not own Christian McCaffrey. If you do own Christian McCaffrey, I'm staying with Mike Davis. Because even when McCaffrey comes back, you need to see, A, is he 100% or did he rush back? B, high ankle sprains, they can be re-aggravated. So I'm going to be holding on to Mike Davis to protect my Christian McCaffrey investment if I own him. But if you don't, get what you can get for Mike Davis while you can still get something in very valuable because he's playing against Atlanta this week. And he still might have, you can make the argument. He still might have two to three more weeks possibly before McCaffrey actually does come back, but do it now before we suddenly find out, Oh, McCaffrey magically comes back next week, which I just wouldn't put it past them. So kind of keep that in mind for your fantasy lineups. As far as this game goes though, playing all your Carolina Panthers, Talk about another guy that you might want to be selling high on after this week, not going into this week with like we do with Mike Davis, but after this week, you're going to want to sell high on DJ Moore. 
I've talked about this extensively that Robbie Anderson is the receiver that you want to own in Carolina. He is the wide receiver too. DJ Moore is going to be a wide receiver three, possibly wide receiver four the rest of the way here. That's what you're kind of looking at. So against in this game against Atlanta, if he winds up having a decent game, which he should because he has been seeing enough target volume, you're going to want to go ahead and sell high on that production because between his name and having a good game against Atlanta, a lot of people will say like, oh, they might look at it. It's like, oh, maybe this is a turning point. If you get your hands on a wide receiver two or an RB two for DJ Moore the rest of the way, you pull the trigger on that deal after this week. I think you're going to need the production from this week. And I think there's a decent chance you're going to get it because of the matchup. So then you pull the trigger going into week six on a deal like that. And you sell high on DJ Moore because Robbie Anderson's the guy to own. Robbie Anderson is going to be in our top 10 of wide receivers this upcoming week. And I don't think that should surprise anybody. We know he has big play capability. We know him and Teddy Bridgewater clearly have a great rapport. He's been getting an insane amount of targets. He's in the top 10 in targets in the league. And it's against Atlanta, who has nobody left on defense, healthy, or even if they were, let's face it, they weren't that good to begin with. So, yeah. I'm fine. Robbie Anderson is going to be a wide receiver one this week. And Teddy Bridgewater is our number one streaming quarterback on the week. We have him as a QB one. I have him at number six overall at the quarterback position. He's been playing very solid football. He's been, he's had a high floor so far for fantasy purposes. He gets this matchup against Atlanta where the offense is clicking for Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers right now. One where Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore should be able to get open on with some consistency. Mike Davis has been playing well, especially in the past catching game. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to play within himself and still go for 300 yards and two touchdowns minimum in this matchup. So we love Teddy Bridgewater. He is our number one streaming quarterback on the week and a must play in our eyes. Mike Davis, obviously, if you have him, you don't trade him, then you're playing him. He's an RB2. Ian Thomas is in the streaming territory because it is Atlanta. But the problem with Ian Thomas is that more times than not, him and Curtis Samuel are the ones that are kind of getting left out of the consistent volume. So they could have, they could both have good games this week, possibly. But the problem with them is that you don't know if it's their week to be involved, really. Because it has to go Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and the running back, whether it's Christian McCaffrey or Mike Davis first. And then it kind of dictates, it kind of goes back and forth. Is Ian Thomas going to be involved? Or is Curtis Samuel going to be involved? And you don't know which ones that's going to be. So while Ian Thomas, you can make the argument, is a streamable option this week, I think there's guys with much higher floors that you could be able to stream over Ian Thomas. So we move on to the Atlanta side of the ball, where we don't expect to have Julio Jones this week, unfortunately. He's doubtful with a hamstring uh, today, he's supposed to be getting an individual work. Dan Quinn was talking about tomorrow. They're going to do more of an assessment on whether or not he can go on Sunday. So it doesn't sound like they're completely ruling him out, which is kind of what we expected to happen at this point. But it would be very hard for me to imagine after re-aggravating the injury on Monday, a hamstring issue that's been bothering him for several weeks now, that Atlanta in the position that they are would then run him out again and risk him getting knocked out again within the first half and re-aggravating again. Right now, the best thing for Julio would be to sit. I know he sat two weeks ago. Clearly, he's not over it yet. You're coming, you're coming off a shortened week. The best thing for him 
for fantasy, I know, I know it'd be terrible not to have Julio Jones this week if, if you're an, an owner of his, but the best thing for you, the best thing for Julio, the best thing for the Falcons is for him to sit this week and get healthy. And we hope that actually winds up being the case because then you're going to be forced in this position where you're going to have to play Julio because he's on the field and he's Julio Jones and it's Carolina Panthers. And you're going to be the entire game. You're going to be running the risk and be biting your nails because you know, at any given second, he's going to re-aggravate and get knocked out of the game again, or he's just going to be out there as a decoy because they'll just have him out there and then they'll throw the ball to Calvin Ridley or Russell Gage. So for the sanity of all fantasy owners, we actually need Julio Jones to just sit this week because there's too many different variables. There's too many, there's too wide of a range of outcomes. So that's what's going on there for now. Matt Ryan, he does come in as a top 10 quarterback for us this week. He's QB8, so he's a lower QB1. I know that his last two games have not been great, but this is a Panthers matchup, and even with or without Julio, he should be able to move the ball through the air with Calvin Ridley, with Russell Gage, with Hayden Hurst. The question is really going to be, does he get vultured by Todd Gurley? Because that's kind of what's going on right now. They're getting inside the goal line, and they're handing it off to Todd Gurley. And he's converting. If he doesn't convert, then they throw in those instances, and then all of a sudden Matt Ryan gets a few more touchdowns, and he doesn't have to depend on it coming from you know, 20 yards or more out. But if they keep getting within five and they keep handing off to Todd Gurley, that's kind of been the difference the past couple of weeks is that Matt Ryan hasn't been able to throw for many touchdowns. So that's going to be the question here against this game against Carolina. But it's too good of a matchup. We know Atlanta has to throw the ball. We know their offense is, their defense is terrible. And we know Carolina's offense is pretty good right now. So it all lines up for Matt Ryan to have to throw the ball around, you know, 38 to 40 times minimum in that range. That's a volume that you're looking for. He should provide you with a safe floor at minimum in this game with or without Julio Jones. Todd Gurley just talked about him a little bit. He comes in as a high-end RB too because he's scoring touchdowns. He just is. It's what he does now. Is he touchdown dependent? Yeah. Does he score him a lot though? So far, through four weeks, he has what? Four touchdowns? It's pretty good. And in this game against Carolina, there's a very good chance that he'll get, they'll get within the side of the five and they'll hand it off to him. There's a very real chance that he's going to get another touchdown or this is a, a game in which you could see him getting two. So it may not be pretty between the 20s right now. He may not be involved in the passing game right now. But as far as running backs concerned, he's one of the few guys that's scoring at a consistent rate. So you can play him as an RB2, especially in this game against the Panthers, with some confidence. And I talked about this last week. I talked about the week before. Every I'm going to talk about this every week, really, that he scores. Every single week that Todd Gurley scores, it just means more and more value for you to sell high at. If you haven't been able to, haven't been able to do it up to this point, and you've been listening to this show, well then... Buckle your seatbelts. You're going to probably get another touchdown this week and then try it again next week. Because if he goes through three games in a row where he scored, people are going to start to throw away the narrative of Todd Gurley and start to look at him for what he is, which is a touchdown monster and returning fantasy value on it. So there's a very good chance that if you haven't been able to sell high on him yet, which I think you should be able to by now, but if you haven't been able to, his value will go up even more next week after this game. So that's the good news for you there if you're trying to get out of the Todd Gurley business, which I would be because it just doesn't look good between the 20s. And there's no floor there if he doesn't score. Calvin Ridley, no surprise. He's a wide receiver one. You're starting him. I know he goosed you last week. He's going to have a better game 
You don't have to worry about it. I think the only real question is, do you play Russell Gage or not? Now, he comes in as a wide receiver four for us that you can contemplate in the flex, especially if Julio doesn't play, if it's PPR. I can understand the argument there for wanting to put in Russell Gage, but I know he got banged up two weeks ago and he came out of that game for a concussion, so he didn't get to play that full game. But against Green Bay this past week when Julio went out in the second half, it wasn't necessarily Russell Gage who got the target. In fact, he didn't get the targets in the second half. Now, granted, that entire Atlanta passing attack was very odd in that game against Green Bay and nothing what anybody was expecting. I know I wasn't. I was expecting a shootout game. And, but it's just, they mixed in their third and fourth receivers a lot. It wasn't necessarily just going to Calvin Ridley or Russell Gage in that game. So I do have some concerns about the floor that I thought Russell Gage was establishing in the first couple of weeks here in the season as a slot receiver. Now, that's the thing to keep in mind. He's still the slot receiver, and that's still going to be a guy who has a good matchup against the Carolina Panthers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. And as long as he sees six to seven targets, which especially without Julio, I don't see why he wouldn't in this game. He should have a decent floor for you. But he does come more in as a wide receiver four with some risk because one, there's not a big upside there. He's not necessarily a touchdown guy. It is going to be Calvin Ridley first. And they just have some other guys getting mixed in right now. But he's an option if you really need it in a desperate situation. Hayden Hurst. He's still a top-end streaming tight end. He comes in at tight end 13 for us, so he's, he's a top tight end too. It hasn't been awesome for Hurst. He hasn't been Austin Hooper of last year. Let's put it that way. But he has been consistently involved. There has been a floor for him each week. And I do believe as the rapport continues, we know Matt Ryan will throw it to the tight end when they get in the end zone. So I think those touchdowns they've been waiting for for Hayden Hurst are on the way. And I think they could come this week against Carolina. But I wouldn't panic if you've been a Hayden Hurst owner. He's still a guy who's going to be teetering that tight end two, tight end one territory. He still has tight end one potential for the rest of the season to give, just given the offense. Julio being in or out of the lineup doesn't really seem to affect the usage of Hayden Hurst, which is kind of odd. So even if Julio is out, I wouldn't necessarily look at that as, oh, there's more volume for Hurst. It, doesn't, it hasn't really seemed to matter. He's been getting about the same amount of volume, whether he's in or out. It's just a matter of, is this the week that, Brian goes to him in the end zone. Guess the Panthers, it should be. And like I said, he is somebody who's been seeing four to five targets pretty consistently through the first four weeks. So I'm good with him being a top end tight end too. We move on 
to the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. So obviously with this game, this is a disclaimer for this show. This is, this is expecting them to play. I hope. I, I, I don't know how it happens because it's Thursday and another player tested positive. So the Titans have now gone, what, two weeks without actually practicing. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. So on the Titan, we'll, we'll start with the Titan side of the ball. Here's what we know. We know Adam Humphreys is on the COVID reserve list. We know Corey Davis is on the COVID reserve list. We know A.J. Brown is expected to come back this week. So pretty much the way this passing game is setting up, and I think the only people you can really count on for fantasy football purposes would be A.J. Brown and John U. Smith. They're going to get all the passing work. And they're both touchdown guys. John U. Smith, I believe, is, is establishing himself as a possible top five tight end the rest of the way just based on what he had been able to do for the first few weeks of the season. Now, at some point, the Titans are going to have to get back on the field for that to continue. And and that's up in the air right now. It's a little questionable. But he has been everything that we wanted him to be so far this season. He's on the field all the time, number one, because he can do it all. He can block and he can catch. He's been a red zone target for Ryan Tannehill. Some of that might be because A.J. Brown has been out for the first few weeks, but a lot of it is because this Titans team is used to featuring the tight end. Janu Smith is the new Delaney Walker, and he can do everything Delaney Walker could do. He's very good. I think he's establishing himself as a top five tight end moving forward. So that's the good news there. So you're definitely starting Janu Smith. You're definitely going to start A.J. Brown because there's nobody else to throw the ball to down the field. So he's going to get all the volume. And you have to play Derrick Henry. I think where it becomes a little bit questionable is Ryan Tannehill. Now, he is our QB 11, so he's on that teetering QB1, QB2 for us. He is somebody that we're suggesting that you can play. And I do believe that you can. But keep in mind that because this team hasn't actually practiced in two weeks, don't expect them to be super sharp, especially in the beginning of the game. I wouldn't expect them to be on their P's and Q's, being that they haven't been able to practice past couple weeks. So that's something to kind of keep in mind heading into this game. I would maybe lower my expectations a little bit on the Derrick Henrys, the A.J. Browns, the John U. Smiths. I'm playing all of them, but maybe I won't have as high of an expectation for them heading into this matchup, just given the situation around that. And that goes for Ryan Tannehill as well. I, because he has a safe floor because of the confines within his offense, because he can move the ball with his legs a little bit, he, that's why he's still going to be a guy that you can play. But I might want to take the chance on someone else this week who maybe has a little bit of a higher ceiling. And we got plenty of guys that we're going to talk about as far as that note goes. So that's, that's how you approach the Tennessee Titans from a fantasy perspective if they actually play. The Bills should be pretty straightforward. I mean, the only thing different about the Bills heading into this week possibly is that Zach Moss is expected to be back and playing. So we have to see exactly how that's going to affect Devin Singletary, who's been pretty solid the past couple of weeks without Zach Moss. Does it go back to week one where they were 50-50 or does it go more like week two? where it's kind of more of a 60-40 split. I believe it's going to be more of a 60-40 split across the board with, because Devin Singletary has played well to this point. Zach Moss is just coming off the injury, hasn't practiced much until this week. So I think you're going to see a 60-40 split. And the reason that's important is that if you're getting a 60-40 split at a Devin Singletary against the Tennessee Titans right now, who look like they can't stop anybody on the ground so far this season, well, Singletary is somebody who should be considered as at least a high-end RB3, low-end RB2, and definitely a confident flex play for you heading into this matchup. That's why that's important. You're not going to play Zach Moss, but Devin Singletary is somebody who should be very low-end RB2 or a high-end flex play. 
Stephon Diggs, obviously you're playing him. He's in our lower end wide receiver one territory. I'm not going to play John Brown this week. I have him more as a wide receiver for not that he couldn't have a big play in this game. That is a possibility. And he does have that upside potential heading into this matchup. But again, I don't know how much the bills are going to need to do to win this game. It could get ugly on the Tennessee Titans side of the ball. It really could. So that's kind of where I question the game script to some degree. But with John Brown, like I said, it only takes one play. This is a secondary. This is a matchup that you like. So while we have him at wide receiver four, he does have some upside potential if you're looking at him from a flex position. The only person I'm definitely not playing is Cole Beasley. And Dawson Knox, just to mention him, you're not going to play him this week. He still has to do it a little bit more consistently, but he is somebody to kind of keep your eye on at the tight end position because if he continues to get back from his injury, play well, get involved in this offense, he might enter streaming territory sooner rather than later. So just somebody to keep your eye on for now, but not somebody you're going to be playing this week. So we move on to the Raiders and the Chiefs. Again, the good news is nobody on the Chiefs tested positive. I did forget this. Now we're talking about the Raiders to open the show. They did have somebody on their defensive tackle test positive yesterday. Now, as of today, that is the only person that I have heard test positive for the Raiders to this point. So let's say, we'll say it this way. We feel more confident that this game will happen than the Titans-Bills game going going into the weekend. So I think, you, I think you're going to be okay. I don't think you're going to have to make too many contingency plans for your Chiefs and your Raiders players. Not that there are a lot of Raiders players that I would be playing in this game anyway. In fact, there's only two. That's Jacobs and that's Darren Waller. And that's pretty much go without saying. A, a, an RB1 and a tight end one. Ruggs is back at practice. He was back at practice yesterday. So there's a decent chance that he will be able to play this week. But Ruggs hasn't been a guy who's been going crazy for you fantasy-wise even when he was healthy. And he's just getting back into action after missing a couple of weeks. The Kansas City Chiefs, they actually play really well against the perimeter wide receivers. They have been doing a good job. Their defense still does not get enough credit. They're starting to now. Some people are starting to kind of recognize that that defense is better than what people expect them to be. I don't love this matchup for Henry Ruggs. He's still somebody I think you can roster him. He is a boomer bust wide receiver four option. And I know against the Chiefs, there's a very real chance the Raiders are going to have to come back from behind and there might be garbage time. But I'm not going to take that shot here. There's a very low floor that comes with Henry Ruggs into this particular matchup. So I would wait a week. However, because he is back, I don't think you can play Hunter Renfro with any confidence. He's already a guy who only has a floor type of value heading into any given game. And that's only when the volume can go to nobody else except for him and, and, and Darren Waller. Now, the slot receiver does usually have the mismatch against the Kansas City Chiefs, but I believe it's going to be a Darren Waller game. Didn't have a great game last week. I think they're going to get him right. I think they're going to lean on him more. I think it's going to be more like the Darren Waller of two weeks ago where he's just getting fed the football. And Henry Ruggs being back, while it hurts Hunter Renfro, it does help Darren Waller quite a bit because now the safeties can't just key in on him. Ruggs' impact from an NFL level is what's going to help Darren Waller's fantasy value because he's going to have to keep the safety. He's going to have to keep the safety respecting the fact that Henry Ruggs can take the top off at any given time. And that's going to open up the middle. That's not for Darren Waller. He's going to be able to get more of a linebacker or safety matchup one on one rather than being able to be blanketed or triple covered or cloud covered, which is what has been happening to him since Henry Ruggs went out. So I like Darren Waller to get back on track in this game quite a bit. 
But those are the only two players that I'm playing, and I'm not streaming Derek Carr this week either. He's getting closer. He's playing well, but I'm not streaming Derek Carr just yet. Not until all of his weapons are back and healthy. On the Chiefs side of the ball, yeah, I mean, it goes without saying. Patrick Holmes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Sammy Watkins this week. It's two weeks in a row now, Sammy Watkins has led this team in targets. He's getting all the shorter intermediate stuff, but he's providing a floor, and he's getting targeted in the red zone too. So in this matchup against the Raiders, which any player could go off against the Raiders, especially, he's a wide receiver 31 for us. He is a guy that you can definitely play as a flex with some confidence this week. So your Chiefs players, they're all playing. No one's injured. We don't have to talk about them too much. So we'll move on. To the Cardinals and the Jets. This is the one where it's like, ooh, there's a lot of implications here on both sides, right? You have the Cardinals who have to get right. They haven't looked good the past couple of weeks. You have the Jets, which is, you know, at what point is the point that you pull the lever on Adam Gase and send him down a black hole? We don't know that yet. And honestly, after last week of week four, I don't, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But as far as fantasy purposes go, obviously playing Kyle Murray. Obviously, you're playing DeAndre Hopkins. You are playing Kenyon Drake. Now, I'm taking him out of my top 10, which is what I had him in the past couple of weeks, given the matchups. This is another great matchup for Kenyon Drake. But the offensive system is going to have to change before Drake is going to get consistently involved again with the offense. I've heard a lot of people talk about, is Kenyon Drake banged up? Is Kenyon Drake, you know, is he hindered? Does he just physically not look the same? I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing a guy who's not playing in the same offense as he was last year when he was excelling. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Cliff Kingsbury revert back to the coach that he was in the beginning of the season last year when he goes four wide, doesn't go vertical, plays horizontal, gets into the goal line, gets in the shotgun, plays with three and four receivers, not playing with his two tight end sets, no longer getting a push on the offensive line. I'm seeing a guy who had to adjust from this a year ago. He's doing exactly what he did. This, this is exactly what... I anticipated this offense being once they got DeAndre Hopkins, because this is the offense that he actually wants to run in his heart. But this is where I'll give Kingsbury credit is that last year he did make that adjustment. And after these past two weeks, I don't know if he makes the adjustment this week necessarily, but if their offense struggles against the jets, it will come. I can guarantee you that. That's why Kenyon Drake has been a buy low option for us. Because there is a path that is setting up for this thing to get sorted out pretty soon. Especially if they continue to play the way that they have. So better days are ahead for Kenny Drake. If you're a Kenny Drake owner, stay, stay strong. He's going to pay off for you. If you're not, buy low. Because you could probably buy low on him right now, especially after two weeks in a row of great matchups and him not producing. And it's still a great matchup this week. So I'm playing him. He is my RB12. I have confidence in Kenyon Drake. I would definitely make sure that you guys own Chase Edmonds, though. He's on the waiver wire report. He's a must-add if you're a Kenyon Drake owner. And even if you're not, I want to pick him up. Because, again, the one thing that I do have a concern about when it comes to Drake is that we still have not seen him go 16 games as the bell cow back before, which means he is definitely a candidate 
for injury at some point this season. Chase Edmonds is one of the higher end handcuffs you could possibly have right now. He is a very good running back. So make sure you own Chase Edmonds if you have the roster spot available to do so. On the Jets side of the ball, Sam Darnold not going to play this game. Joe Flacco is going to be the guy. Le'Veon Bell is expected back. So what do you do from a fantasy football perspective? Well, you can play Le'Veon. You've been waiting for him to come back. You probably need him as an, as, a, as an RB2 or at least as a flex play this week. We actually have an RB16 if he comes back this week. We expect a high volume for, for Le'Veon Bell. They have not been able to move the ball, and they haven't done anything in the backfield. So there's a decent chance that even though he's Adam Gase, because there's been no production out of Frank Gore, no production out of Michael Perrine, no production out of Kalen Balazs, who they cut finally, they're going to have to give Le'Veon Bell the bell cow work. And being that he's been off the last three weeks, I feel more confident that he is actually going to be healthy heading into this game. Now, the, the negative side for Le'Veon Bell is that Mekhi Becton may not play. He's still questionable, but he may not play. If he doesn't play, that offensive line gets real bad real fast. But there's going to be a volume with Le'Veon Bell that we expected coming into this season. We expected him to have a, be a high in RB3, low in RB2 coming into the year because we expect him to have high volume in the passing game. That doesn't change with, with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco will still dump the ball off to him, especially since his only weapons are going to be Jamison Crowder and Le'Veon Bell. That's it. He's not going to have anybody else. Brashad Perryman is going to be out in this game again. And even if he was in there, Jamison Crowder is head and shoulders the best wide receiver that they have. Le'Veon Bell is one of the best pass catchers that they have. So they're going to get that volume in there. There's going to be garbage time points for them. So like I said, Le'Veon Bell, I'm comfortable playing him as an RB2 this week based on volume. Jameson Crowder, I'm comfortable playing him as a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, especially when you're talking about half-point, full-point PPR leagues. I have him at wide receiver 26. He's the only guy they can go to. And being that he lines up in the slot more times than not, he kind of gets to avoid the Patrick Peterson, the Byron Murphy matchups of it all. So that's the great thing about him there, too. Expect seven to nine targets from James Crowder this week. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. We still have a lot more games we have to get to. Remember, we're previewing all of week five. We are on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN. So we're going to come back on the other side with more games to talk about and getting you ready for your fantasy matchups in a pivotal week five because we're getting close to that playoff race. So stay tuned after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are back. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN, presented to you by Belly Up Sports. And we're going through all the Week 5 preview matchups because I am not going to be around on Friday. I'm also not going to be around on Saturday night for the DC's DFS show from 9.30 to 10.30. That show will be on Belly Up Fantasy on Twitter and on Facebook at Belly Up Fantasy. So you can go ahead and check that out. Chris Pinto will be hosting that away. That won't be on WWSRN this particular Saturday, though. So because of all this, we're trying to get through all the Week 5 content in today's show and make sure you guys are up to date. Make sure you guys know what value to have on your players heading into this week's matchup. 
And it's a doozy of a one because we have a lot of things up in the air due to COVID. We have two teams on by. We officially start the bye weeks this week. We still have major injuries coming off of last week, especially at the running back position. So there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get through. We come out of the break now with the Pennsylvania Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Carson Wentz. Obviously, if you haven't felt comfortable about playing Carson Wentz up until this point, you're not going to feel comfortable playing him against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. That's not going to happen. Here's what I will say. Wentz is still worth rostering because he is using his legs more and more. Now that he has lost a lot of his weapons, he's actually running around. He's actually using his athleticism. And that's giving him a floor for fantasy football purposes. Now, Deshaun Jackson might be back in this game. Alshon Jeffrey is close to returning. We're still not sure if it's going to be this week. It may wind up being one more week. So that's something we're going to have to keep our eyes on as well. You're not going to play Deshaun Jackson this week. If Alshon Jeffrey were to play, you're not going to play him either. Although he is somebody that you should probably own and roster now because he's, he's going to be a wide receiver one. Not for fantasy football, but he's going to be a wide receiver one for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we see the dire situation that they are in. You're sitting there with guys like Greg Ward who actually have flex appeal in PPR leagues because Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are out and the volume has to go somewhere. So Alshon Jeffrey's going to have value. At least he's going to be able to be a guy who can actually catch touchdowns. So he should be rostered now. I still believe that Deshaun Jackson does have boomer bust potential in any given matchup. I still believe he has his speed. He has that capability. It won't be this week. But he's still a guy that he's... It's 50-50 if he's even worth owning. I don't know what the Eagles are doing offensively right now. They're they're another team, kind of like the Arizona Cardinals we talked about a little bit earlier, where schematically is more of their issue than anything else. Yes, they're banged up on the offensive line at the wide receiver core, and they're a little bit banged up on defense right now too, which is what we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers in a second. But schematically, the play calling, they don't look like they know what their identity is supposed to be. They don't look like they know who their go-to guys are or how to utilize their personnel the best way. Last year, they did. Remember, they were in this position last year. They looked like they had a handle on what they needed to do. Get Zach Ertz the ball down the field. Get Miles Sanders involved in the passing game. Run it through Carson Wentz as a pocket passer. This year, they don't look like they know whether they want it to be Miles Sanders' offense. They don't know they want to be Carson Wentz's offense. And when they're throwing the football, they don't even know who, who they want to go to. Which I don't know why that changed, but look at last week's game. Zach Ertz. Five catches. Cool. Six targets. Cool. Nine yards. He was lined up in the backfield half the time. They didn't even go, they didn't even try to stretch the seam out with Zach Ertz. I talked about it on Tuesday. We, we're kind of in this holding pattern right now, especially when it comes to Zach Ertz. Is he, has, has the cliff come for him? Has he fallen off at a younger age than most? Or is it the Eagles? Is it Doug Peterson? That question is going to have to get answered soon. And I know this is a match against the Pittsburgh Steelers that you don't want any part of with the defense that they have. But I believe of all the guys, you have to play Miles Sanders and you have to play Zach Ertz in this game. The argument I continue to make with Ertz is that he's still the only true red zone threat that they have as far as passing the football goes. And the volume still has to go to him. 
And I have to imagine after last week, they're actually going to let the Ertz, I don't know, run past the line of scrimmage before they throw him the football this week. I'd have to imagine. And Titans have had success against the Steelers so far this season, especially in the end zone. You have to continue to play Zach Ertz as a tight end one as long as Dallas Goddard's out. You have to imagine it's going to correct itself to at least some capacity. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. If he comes back this week again with another five-catch for 20-yard performance, wasn't even that good against 49ers, but let's just say that, then you, you might have to find every which way you possibly can to move on from Zach Ertz. But for now, I'm going to hold strong because the tight end position is erratic at best, especially when you get outside the top five or six. And we're going to have to see what happens coming here. But you have to plan. Have to. Might not feel good about it, but you have to. And like I said, and Miles Sanders too. But remember, you're going to have to lower your expectations for Miles Sanders this week. We have him as a low-end RB2 this week. Because he gets the volume in both the running game and the passing game, even in tough matchups against the Pittsburgh Steelers, we can still expect him to have an okay floor. But he hasn't scored yet. I don't see why that would suddenly happen this week necessarily. And we've seen the Steelers bottle up top-end running backs already this season. And remember, those offensive lines banged up. Even if Lane Johnson plays, he's not 100%, and that's no, no guarantee in its own right. Things are looking really dire for this offense until they get to actually play some more of their divisional opponents moving forward. But I don't like him a lot in this game, but he do have to play Sanders and Ertz. We move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers side of the ball. Big Ben is a streaming quarterback. We come in at QB 13 for him, so he's at that QB 1, QB 2 top-end territory. Definitely a stream-worthy guy because they're coming off. They have two weeks to prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles' defense is banged up. We don't know if Fletcher Cox is going to play. If Fletcher Cox does not play, this might not be the dreaded running back matchup that it was looking like it would be for James Conner on paper. If he doesn't play, they can't stop the run. We saw Jerry McKinnon have a very good game last week. James Conner could even have a better one because Fletcher Cox actually started in that game at least. If he can't go, James Conner's going to have a big game. Not that you weren't going to play him anyway, but... You're probably going into this game thinking that you have to lower your expectations. You may not have to. So that's something to kind of keep your eye on. Because that can go a long way in what you decide in your roster construction in other places. Do you have to take chances here? Are you fine in other, in other areas? Can you just play it safe? So that goes a long way when setting your lineup. So something to kind of keep your eye on there. Deontay Johnson, he's back. He's out of the concussion protocol. I believe of the, of the wide receivers of the Steelers, that Deontay Johnson's probably the one who's going to see Darius Slay in the shadow coverage this week. 
Slate typically does not go into the slot a ton. That's where Juju's mostly been playing. So I don't think it's going to be Juju who gets the matchup. So I would definitely lower my expectations for Deontay Johnson to the point where he's probably more of a high-end wide receiver three than a wide receiver two this particular week. Better games are going to be ahead. But I don't love this match against Darius Slay, who is playing very, very well in the beginning of the season and has been pretty much shutting down all the receivers that he has been shadowing up until this point. So I do like that a lot as far as Juju goes. He's going to have the mismatch. Because outside of Darius Slay, the Eagles are proving they don't have anybody else in that secondary who can actually cover their own shadow. So Juju's going to be in line, I believe, for a, a big game this week. Not that you weren't going to play him, but I have high expectations for Juju Smith-Schuster. We have him coming in at wide receiver 20 this week. So a high-end wide receiver two. Eric Ebron, I guess he's another guy you can stream. I want to see him do it another week consistently before I go ahead and plug in Eric Ebron with any real confidence. I know he had that big game before they had to cancel last week and wind up turning into a bye. He had the five catches, 50-yard performance. Uh, I believe he called a touchdown. I need to see that be consistently because that was also without Deontay Johnson for most of that game. When Deontay Johnson's in the mix, I don't know how much Eric Ebron's really going to see volume-wise on a consistent basis. So I'm not ready to definitely stream him yet, but he is an option out there for you depending on what it is that you're looking at. And he's widely available. But I would like to see him do it one more week before I'm sitting there depending on Eric Ebron. So we move on to our Rams and the Washington Football Club. We move on to what is a mess of a Rams running back backfield. Cam Makers is going to be back. You're not playing a Rams running back this week. Period. You're not. We all thought it was going to be Daryl Henderson against the New York Giants. And it wound up being Malcolm Brown. For what reason? I couldn't tell you. And Cam Akers is going to be back on top of it. And by the way, this is going to be the first week this season that all three of these guys are actually healthy. Because remember week one, while all three of them were active, Daryl Henderson wasn't fully 100% healthy yet. So all three of them are going to be healthy this week. You can't play a Rams running back until somebody establishes themselves either through talent and Sean McVay confirming that, because that's going to what it's going to take too, because we've seen Daryl Henderson have two good games in a row, and then it wound up being Malcolm Brown's week. So it's going to have to be Sean McVay confirming that it's their guy going forward, or guys start dropping due to injury. That's the only way. What's annoying about this situation is that you have to roster him. Henderson is a must roster. Brown, I think, as for after last week, is a must-roster still at, for now. We'll see what happens when Cam Akers comes back. But he might, be, he might be the one you can actually leave on the waiver wire or drop on the waiver wire soon. Cam Akers has to be rostered. In theory, he would be the guy with the best chance moving forward. But you can't play any of them with confidence. That's the problem. You have to hope that they have these good games, one of them, and then you trade them away to somebody who needs running back depth. I mean, that's kind of, you kind of have to look at them as assets right now, not as pieces that are part of your game plan, part of your team winning, trying to go on to win a championship down the road this season. We talked about this in the preseason on this show. Assets are also important to have. So even if you don't necessarily have a guy that you want to play in a particular week, 
on a week-to-week basis, who doesn't necessarily fit your plans for the long term of your team this year, if you have assets that can lead to trades for guys that do. So you do want to have assets still, especially now with the bye weeks coming up, especially with the desperation at the running back position with guys dropping like flies. So it's important to have assets as part of your strategy. As far as playing these guys, you're not doing it. Jared Goff is a top streaming quarterback for us this week. Comes in at QB9, just inside the top 10. I know he burned us last week with the Giants. This is still an offense overall that has been playing well. That was our first dud game against the Giants last week. And yes, it was inexcusable and unexplainable. But I'm not going to worry about one game when I've seen three games out of the Giants, or three games out of the Rams, excuse me, that they've looked really good. And Jared Goff has looked really good. And as they watch in a team that shouldn't scare you. So I still believe Jared Goff is a top streaming option at the quarterback position this particular week. And obviously Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, you're playing them as wide receiver twos. Robert Woods will get it turned around. Cooper Cup continues to be his solid self. But both of these guys are always going to be involved in this offense, and it's a good matchup for them both. You're playing them as wide receiver twos. Tyler Higby. What do you do about Tyler Higby? I do have him at tight end 10. So I am playing him as a low-end tight end one this week against Washington. But the problem with Higby right now is he's touchdown dependent. He's not running as many routes between the 20s. And him and Cooper Cup seem to be taking turns on who the red zone target is in any particular week. And if it's a week that Cooper Cup's going to score a touchdown, you're probably not going to see that at Tyler Higby. If it's a week that Tyler Higby's going to score a touchdown, you're probably not going to see that at Cooper Cup. And that's kind of the issue right now. It's not going to be consistent. But he's still out there on the field almost all the time. And he's still going to be a red zone target which just puts him in that category of, you know, the top 10 tight ends because that's all it takes. Again, good matchup. I don't feel great about it. Obviously, you can tell that by my tone. There's, there's a low floor that comes with Higby if he does not score in this game because he's not getting involved as much between the 20s. I don't see why that would change this week. But I do believe he's somebody you have to play as that lower end tight end one if you have him. Unless, unless somehow you have a Janu Smith or, or a better option somehow, which aren't going to be too many of them out there. On the Washington side of the ball, Dwayne Haskins, he's benched. He's gone. Kyle Allen coming in. What does that do for fantasy perspective? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Kyle Allen targets the number one wide receiver the way Dwayne Haskins was targeting Terry McLaurin this entire time anyway, so nothing changes there. He dumps it down to the running back which is what they were doing with Antonio Gibson. So nothing changes there. And those are the only two fantasy players that you care about. Logan Thomas isn't a streaming guy. Logan Thomas is not a thing. Logan Thomas is not somebody that you want for your fantasy football team. Plain and simple. I don't know why there's been this big push to make Logan Thomas a thing. There's no floor there. I wouldn't even call him touchdown dependent. He's one touchdown this week or this year. This is the first year we've seen him starting. He's been a journeyman his entire career. This is not going to be a good offense. It's not, going to, it's not going to improve with Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen's a bum. We knew that from last year. He knows the offense better. That's supposed to help? No. Come on. Are you serious? No. Kyle Allen is not going to change anything from a fantasy football perspective. Not one thing. So, keep that in mind. 
Therefore, you don't have to worry about Terry McLaurin. You don't have to worry about Antonio Gibson. You play these guys the way you're going to play them anyway. As far as the injury update on Terry McLaurin goes, he didn't practice yesterday. He is back today. He's going to be fine. He didn't re-aggravate the thigh injury on Sunday, and he still played really well even though he didn't practice on Friday. So you're, you're good there. What you can do is just play those two, and you'll be fine. So we move on. Actually, you know what we're going to do real quick here is we're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side. We're going to preview the rest of these week five games. We still have a few more left. Get you guys ready. Good to go. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show, and I am your host, Dan Mater, as always. And we will be right back after this. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We're going over the Week 5 preview matchups. And we've been talking about that all day today, getting you through the injury news, getting you through what our fantasy value is for each of the players going into this week. This is the first week of our buys. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, on WWSRN, presented to you also by Belly Up Sports. We were just talking about the Washington Football Club and the Rams. So the next game up that we have here is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. And what to expect here. Now, we have a lot of, we have a lot of things to go over in this game, too. Joe Burrow, can he be a streaming quarterback against the Baltimore Ravens? My answer is, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I know it doesn't help much, but he's QB 14. So he is on the higher end of the QB twos, which puts him in the higher end of the quarterback streamers this week. We do like Teddy Bridgewater more. We talk about that. We are like Ryan Tannehill about the same. Joe Burrow has had enough volume. So even though this is not going to be a great matchup on paper against the Baltimore Ravens defense, he has had the volume where I still feel safe about his floor heading into this matchup. What do you do about the wide receivers? Other than Tyler Boyd, I don't think you can play any of the wide receivers with any kind of confidence. Remember, we didn't hit the drop button. We didn't send A.J. Green down to Flushtown last week just yet because he's still in the top 15, top 12 as far as receivers for targets go. Last week was his worst week five targets. It does seem to be trending in the wrong direction. It does seem like the last two weeks, T Higgins has played ahead of him. But when asked about him this past week, Zach Taylor came out and said, AJ Green's doing all the right things. And there does seem to be an idea that they want to get AJ Green to at least some degree involved in the offense moving forward. So that's why I'm not ready to move on from him yet. But if we don't see anything out of him this week or possibly in two weeks, then you're gonna definitely, we're definitely going to send him down to Flushtown. Maybe it's just me holding out hope that A.J. Green can at least be something this year because I was big on him as a sleeper in the sixth round. But part of it is just what I'm seeing on the field. The targets are there. It's a high-volume offense, especially in the passing game. I don't believe he's totally done. He doesn't look like a guy out there who can't get open. He's getting separation. He's getting off the line. He just looks like a guy who's still kind of rusty. He's just not quite converting. And honestly, he looks like a guy who's not quite in game shape yet. He still looks like he's getting gassed in the second half of games, which I think is a, is a big reason why T. Higgins has been playing ahead of him. If you actually watch these games, it's not in the first half. A.J. Green's still a starter. It's the second half where T. Higgins has been out routing him, out snapping him. So I think he's just getting gassed. 
either way, you can't play him this week, but I would, I'm not ready to drop him just yet. I want to see if there's some life here against the Baltimore Ravens. He has a career of doing well against them, even when they're good. So we'll see. Like I said, Tyler Boyd's the only wide receiver in playing with any kind of confidence. So T Higgins is a wide receiver four in this matchup and you don't really love it. It doesn't present a huge amount of upside. You can hope he gets in the end zone, I guess, but I don't think there's, I don't think there's any reason to play T Higgins this particular week, but he is somebody who should be rostered as a stash moving forward in case AJ green is not able to turn back the clock in any kind of way in the next couple of weeks. Drew Sample, I'm not going to play him this week. I do believe this is a guy who still falls into the tight end streaming territory, though. Joe Burrow still likes to attack the middle of the field a lot. That's why you're seeing Tyler Boyd get so many targets. So I do think he's going to return to a streaming territory soon, but because the Ravens, eh, you should have better options. Joe Mixon, obviously you have to play him. Don't expect the three-touchdown performance that he got from last week, but it was good to see that he was finally involved. And Giovanni Bernard wasn't involved that much in that game. Joe Mixon was getting the passing down work. He was out there in two-minute drill. The only time I didn't see Giovanni Bernard, or I didn't see Joe Mixon on the field, excuse me, instead of Giovanni Bernard, was at the end of the game last week when they went no huddle. I saw Bernard kind of come in in that scenario. But part of that was just because Bernard was on the field and they went no huddle down the field. So it looks to me like they might be getting back to what they were last year. Maybe we're starting to turn around and say, hey, you know what? We're going to get Joe Mixon on the field more and more, get him to actually be your bell cow back, not have Bernard out there so much and get him and get him going again. Make sure you're tempering your expectations. Joe Mixon is, a, is an RB2 heading into this week, but let's also remember why he had great success last week. Not just because he played more on passing downs and was more involved than Bernard was in that, in that capacity. Then, and that's the change that has been for the first few weeks. The other reason why is because that offensive line of the Bengals got a chance to look competent against a terrible defensive line in Jacksonville. That will not be the case against Baltimore this week. Baltimore is one of the best defensive lines out there, especially against the run. So just temper your expectations for what you can expect out of Joe Mixon heading into this matchup. You still have to start him, but just temper your expectations. On the Ravens side of the ball, obviously playing Lamar Jackson. You have to keep hoping against Cincinnati that they'll get right. Even though last week he didn't play particularly well, he still got over 20 points for you at the quarterback position. So you'll definitely take that. That's fine. But still finishes as in the top 10 of quarterbacks after last week. And he didn't play that well. So there's still going to be more better days ahead for Lamar Jackson. It's just, you know, as great as he is with running the football and everything like that, he's always going to be great for you fantasy-wise. You're hoping against Cincinnati this would be one of those games that you could see Lamar Jackson go for three-plus touchdowns throwing the football as well and really give you that QB1 performance that you drafted him to be. It should happen against Cincinnati. The one thing that I am hesitant about it definitely happening is because of the way that I see these game scripts playing out for the Baltimore Ravens as of late. When they play these teams that are sub-500, and they're just immensely more talented than them. Even They're not doing what they did last year. They're not looking to step on your throat. They're not looking to bully you. They're not looking to play dominance over you. They're kind of just looking to, let's just get out of here with a win. Let's just do enough to get out of here with a win. Because we're just that much better than this particular team. I mean, look at their schedule to open up the year. Other than the Kansas City Chiefs, they haven't played a team that's even playoff bound yet. So we're going to have to see what the Ravens are when they actually start playing better teams down the road. But in this matchup, I don't see why this would go any differently than how they played against Washington last week. We'll have Lamar do just enough. 
the running backs, it'll be, you'll be lucky if any one of them sees 10 carries. Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, as far as the targets are concerned. I think the only thing you're hoping for that could be a change in, in this game than those other ones would be maybe Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown actually connect on one of those bomb throws down the field. That's going to come. That is going to come. And Marquise Brown is somebody we're playing as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, does have upside this week, has upside really any given week. But physically, he's looked good to me. Marquise Brown is playing really well. Him and Lamar Jackson are just a little bit off when it comes down down the field throws. I expect it to get corrected at some point, and it could happen in this matchup against Cincinnati Bengals. So we're good with playing Marquise Brown in your lineup, too. Obviously, you're playing Mark Andrews. Again, another situation we got to talk about the running backs. Mark Ingram comes in at RB30 again for us this week. He's going to consistently get ranked in that RB3 range, consistently get ranked in that flex range because of the Ravens running backs, he is the most likely one to fall in the end zone. And it is a good matchup on paper against the Cincinnati Bengals. The, the opponent doesn't matter, though. I think we can all understand that at this point. The opponent doesn't matter. It's just, who are they going to give the ball to? I think this is part of their problem, actually, on offense. I think Greg Roman's in a situation where he has too many toys. He has too many guys that he feels like he has to get the ball to. Gus Edwards should not be in this picture. I get that he comes in to kind of close out games against lesser opponents, like the Cincinnati Bengals they're going to be playing this week when they're up by a ton in the fourth quarter. And I'm okay with that idea. That's kind of what they did last year. I'm not okay with Gus Edwards playing as much as he is in the first half. That I'm not okay with. Because there's no reason for it. There's nothing he does that's better than Mark Ingram. And if you're going to be flexing out the uh, committee backfield, J.K. Dobbins needs to get more involved. He's so much more explosive. If their plan is truly to win a Super Bowl this year, J.K. Dobbins and his explosive ability is another level to this offense that they're going to have to start exploring soon. That's the big reason why I'm not ready to drop J.K. Dobbins if you have him on your roster. It's a big reason why I would rather be able to stash him if I can. Because there is another layer to this offense when he is on the field that we just haven't seen yet because they haven't done it yet. They're going to have to do it soon. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's going to be particularly this game because it doesn't need to be. But I'm waiting for that that shoe to drop. But for now, I mean, Mark Ingram has had ten carries once this season, and that was the most by any of these running backs in a, in, in a one single game so far this year. You have to play Mark Ingram, and some people have to. He has a decent chance to fall in the end zone. That's the only silver line that I can give you. That's it. Other than that, if you can avoid playing this, I would. It's a backfield that I think will get worked out down the road because when they start to play better teams on their schedule, like I said, they're going to have to explore different layers of their offense. But until then, or unless somebody gets hurt, you have to treat it like the Rams' backfield. You can't touch them. You just can't. At least unlike the Rams' backfield, you don't have to roster all three because you don't have to roster Gus, Gus Edwards. You do have to roster Ingram, and I, if you have the spot available, I would still be rostering J.K. Dobbins for down the road. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. We move on now to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, a game that could be a shootout and a game that we're going to get to see the Houston Texans for the first time with Deshaun Watson and no Bill O'Brien. What is that going to do from a fantasy football perspective? Because that's all anybody who's watching or, or listening to the show on WWSRN right now is thinking about. What do you do? What is it going to mean? Romeo Cornell came out earlier and said, I want to hold people accountable, which is a typical thing for an interim head coach to come in and say. But the other thing that he said that actually was more interesting and gave us more of a clue as far as our fantasy football expectations was that he mentioned they are going to make an effort to get the running game going and use the running game to set up Deshaun Watson rather than the passing game to, sh- to set up the running game, which is what it was doing under Bill O'Brien calling the place. So what that means is that there's going to be a shift, especially early on in games, to David Johnson. So if you're a David Johnson owner and you've been waiting for him to have at least more of a return at what you drafted him for, I think there's a pretty good chance that you are in store for that to start happening, especially this week against Jacksonville. Remember, we just talked about the Cincinnati Bengals. Their terrible offensive line was able to look competent against that Jacksonville defensive front because they're so terrible. Well, Houston's kind of in the same boat. Their offensive line's been struggling all season long. And now they will get a chance to look competent against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And what it sounds like, a shift in play calling to get the running game going first to set up the pass. So I like David Johnson quite a bit in this week. We have him coming in as an RB1. We have David Johnson inside the top 10 this week, given the matchup and given the expected shift in play calling. That's going to be huge. Now, for those of you out there who are like, well, do I sell high on David Johnson if that, in fact, winds up being the case? It's possible. It's possible. Anytime you sell or buy low on a player, it always matters who are you giving up and what are you getting it for. Of course, you're not just going to sell them off for anything. For instance, unlike, you know, we would sell off Todd Gurley for Kenyon Drake. I don't know if I would be selling off David Johnson for Kenyon Drake. So you have, it depends on who you're able to get with a David Johnson type. But I'm kind of curious to see if they actually truly do have a shift in their play calling, what it could mean for this Houston team. And I'm going to be a little bit curious to see that moving forward against tougher opponents than Jacksonville. I think it's going to have a great chance to succeed this week. I think the question will be, will it have a chance to consistently succeed? Deshaun Watson, you have to play him. He's a QB 10 for us, low end QB 1. It's still his team. The offense is still going to flow through him at the end of the day. 
And I'll say this, if they do plan on using the run game to set up the pass, there's also a real chance they could start to use more RPO options, more of option reads in general. So I think there's more of a chance we might see Deshaun Watson actually start to use his legs a little bit more too. That's really what's been missing from his fantasy football game through the past couple of weeks. He hasn't been running nearly as much as I expected him to. And that will open up things as well. So I think we might be actually seeing some of that, some pistol formation for Deshaun Watson and this Houston Texan team, which I think would be smart with the position that they're in right now. Wolf Fuller, you play him. It's the only wide receiver of Houston that I want to play. And as long as he's healthy, you're always going to play him. Brandon Cooks, we sent him down to Flushtown last week. It is a good matchup. Would I be surprised if he had a decent game in this one? No, but you're not going to play him. The only thing Brandon Cooks can do at this point is have a decent game and make himself who's, who, a quality, rosterable player again. That's, what you're, that's where we're at on Brandon Cooks. I'd actually rather play Randall Cobb of the two. And somebody else besides Wolf Fuller, I do think is going to have a good game in this one. But because I don't expect Houston to have to go four wide in this game, let's say, or, or throw the ball 45 times in this game, even though it could be a higher type scoring game, it makes me a little uneasy about trusting the needed volume that Randall Cobb has to have in order to be truly fantasy relevant. So I think he's somebody who can, who kind of sits around that flex territory but not somebody that I want to play if I can at all avoid it. The only uh, news here that we have to talk about as far as injury concern goes is Jordan Atkins. He's working through the concussion protocol. Didn't practice yesterday. We'll see what he's able to do later on today. Again, make sure you're following us on Twitter at BellyUpMDFFShow for those player news update notifications. On the Jacksonville side of the ball, Gardner Minshew, of course, is a streaming-worthy quarterback. Number 12 on our week. So our low-end QB1 for 12-team leagues. Obviously against Houston, you knew that was going to be the case. DJ Chark, a must-play wide receiver two this week. James Robinson is, is an RB1 for us this week because Houston has not been able to stop the run. James Robinson's continued to be great. I think the only question here is what do you do with Keenan Call? What do you do with LaVisca Chenault? And my answer to that is you do not play them. I think you're going to be able to – I think you can roster Chenault. I think he's somebody you might be able to play as a flex play on a week-to-week basis later on in the season as he continues to develop. And he's, he's developing quickly. But the volume is not going to consistently be there. And I do think after last week, we're going to start to see the shift to DJ Chark getting the volume that we expected him to get coming into the season that he didn't get in the first few weeks of the year. So I believe you're going to see that shift now. And that means you can't really trust what the output is going to be for Akeelan Cole or LaVisca Chenault moving forward. I think Chenault still has some flex territory, like I said, moving forward because he's getting involved in different facets of the game, but not somebody I want to play even against a good matchup against the Houston Texans right now until he establishes himself head and shoulders above Keelan Cole on the depth chart as the number two wide receiver for this team. So for now, Minshew's a stream, playing James Robinson, playing DJ Chark. I'm not really looking to play anybody else on the Jaguar squad. So we move on. So the Miami Dolphins, the San Francisco 49ers, we'll start on the Dolphins side of the ball because there's a lot of different angles and things that we have to talk about when it comes to the 49ers. But the Dolphins are pretty straightforward. Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to start again this week. It may be his last week starting because the way it sounded earlier this week, they kind of, you know, they waited a couple days before announcing that Ryan Fitzpatrick was definitely going to be the starter. So it sounds like they're getting closer and closer to turning the reins over to Tua. I think if they lose this week, there's a really good chance that we'll see him starting week six. So this may be Ryan Fitzpatrick's last 
game that he starts. He's not a streaming option against San Francisco 49ers, especially in San Francisco, but he does ensure that we're going to get those 50-50 jump balls. And because it's his last starting game, I think there's a real chance he's extra aggressive, let's say, which I think also bodes well for Devontae Parker, making, making him a wide receiver too in this game. We're still not expecting Richard Sherman, so you don't have to worry about that. He's probably going to be matched up on Witherspoon most of this game. That's a matchup that Devontae Parker should be able to win. So while you have to temper your expectations to some degree because of the 49ers defense, I think the opportunities are going to be there. And I don't think the matchup scares you as much as it would have on paper had the 49ers actually been healthy right now. Because remember, they also don't have much of a pass rush coming into this game. Ziggy Ansah is now done after tearing his bicep. We still have no D Ford, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas. So they're missing a lot of pass rushers right now too, which should give Ryan Fitzpatrick that extra time to throw the ball down the field to Devontae Parker, who's just going to be a target monster in this game. Plain and simple. Gaskin comes in as an RB3 for us. You don't, obviously don't love the matchup. The one thing the 49ers are still doing very well is stuffing the run at the point of attack. Javon Kinlaw is going a long way in helping them be able to do that. They have good linebackers like Fred Warner. So you can't run on the San Francisco team with a lot of confidence to begin with, even when you're a good team with a good offensive line, which the Miami Dolphins are not. So I'm, if I can avoid playing Gaskin, I will, because there's going to be a low floor in his range of outcomes for this particular week. But he does still enter the flex territory just based on the volume that he's been seeing over the past few weeks. Mike Isicki comes in at tight end 19 for us. So he's outside of the streaming guys for this week. It's a few weeks in a row now he's barely been involved. Last week, one catch, 15 yards. I think the week before that was the same stat line, but he just happened to have a touchdown to go with the one catch for 15 yards. The, the volume hasn't really been there. It's not something that I want to trust. And I think there's just better options right now for this week that you can stream to tight end. Like, for instance, while I said I would not necessarily want to have to stream Eric Ebron this week. We talked about that earlier in the show. I would stream Eric Ebron over Mike Kosicki for this week, for week five, if your choices were between those two. I would rather do Eric, Eric Ebron this week. So it's kind of just give you a, for instance, of where I'm at on Mike Kosicki. I have him at tight end 19 going into week five. On the 49er side of the ball, we have Jimmy Garoppolo was able to come back in a limited capacity yesterday. So there is a chance that Garoppolo will be able to make a return this week. Raheem Mostert also came back in a limited capacity yesterday. So there's also a chance that he will return this week. So what does that mean for everybody involved? Well, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, I think you can boost the value a little bit of the wide receivers like Brandon Ayuk, like Debo Samuel. I would still say Brandon Ayuk is the more valuable wide receiver at the moment. Debo Samuel's snap count, I think, will still be limited in this game. It is a good match against the Miami Dolphins. I think, for redraft purposes, I don't think you play their wide receivers, whether it's Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. But I do have some interest, because it's the Miami Dolphins, because of the way the 49ers are getting him involved in the offense, which you know, with end arounds and, and getting involved in the running game, I do have some interest in Brian Ayuk as a contrarian tournament play in DFS uh, this week. Just kind of a name to throw out there to you. He's going to be cheap, given the matchup, given his role, especially Jimmy Garoppolo's back, who he was reportedly having a good rapport with in training camp. And we haven't really been able to see it because they haven't been on the field healthy together at the same time yet this year. But... Reportedly, he was having a very good rapport with him in training camp. 
I'd be kind of interested to see, especially given this matchup. Just a, just a contrarian play that you can kind of throw out there. Not a must-grab, not a steal necessarily, just a contrarian play who might have some value for you. But redraft leagues, I'm not touching the wide receivers. George Kittle, obviously, he's our tight end one of the week. Saw the way he played against the Philadelphia Eagles. Saw the way they did utilize him in the offense. He is the, he is the, he is the offense. Even when Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, he is, even when Raheem Mostert comes back, he is the offense. And he, there's no reason why he shouldn't have a good game this week against the Miami Dolphins. We had to talk about the running back position. So Raheem Mostert, he plays, he's a must play. He's an RB2. I, I think that goes without saying. I think the real question is, and we don't have him ranked yet because we're, we're still waiting to get more confirmation on Raheem Mostert. Uh, he's definitely going to play this week. And then we'll, we will update those rankings. Uh, I'm, th- speaking of, all the rankings that you can find, whether it's for half-point standard or full-point scoring P- uh, PPR formats, are on bellyupfantasysports.com. So you can go ahead and check that out. Jeremy McKinnon right now, we have him ranked as if Mostert sits out one more week. He would be our RB13. Let's talk about it from a perspective of if Mostert plays. I still believe Jeremy McKinnon will come in as a flex, as an RB3, if he plays. Because with Raheem Mostert coming back, it's a knee, it's an MCL, it's against the Miami Dolphins. They're not necessarily going to need him for all four quarters, I think, to win this game. There's a real chance Jared McKinnon is still going to look at 10 to 12 touches. 10 to 12 touches with the way he has been playing this season against the Miami Dolphins should be good enough to give him flex-worthy appeal. So even if Mostert comes back, I do believe that Jared McKinnon can be a flex play for you this week. Remember, he's scored in every single week so far. It's only been the last two weeks that he's actually been the starting running back. He was scoring even when Tevin Coleman was still on the field. The 49ers like to use more than one running back even when everybody's healthy. So McKinnon's definitely a guy who comes in the flex territory for us. We got to speed things up here a little bit. So we talk about the Colts and the Cleveland Browns next. You have to play Taylor as an RB2. I know it's been a little bit disappointing. Cleveland Browns defense, they have been kind of tough as of late, but you have to play Taylor as an RB2. Naeem Hines does come in our flex play only in full point PPR at, at running back 32 because there, I think there is a chance here that the Colts will have to play a more a competitive offense. They haven't played in many competitive games yet this season. The defense has been able to dominate. They've been kind of able to play ball control, vanilla offense. So we haven't really seen them be able to break it out other than when Naeem Hines went off against Jacksonville. In this game against Cleveland Browns, I do think they're going to be in a position where they're actually going to have to try to get aggressive. And that means Phillip Rivers is going to dump the ball off. So I think in PPR leagues, Naeem Hines is somebody who can be considered in the flex. Not playing a wide receiver. We talked about this. T.Y. Hilton, I'm not rostering him. So if I'm not rushing, I'm definitely not playing him. He comes out wide receiver 49. That's not going to change. Tight end position. What do you do there? That thing has to play, has to let it play itself out. I mean, Trey Burton came back. They gave him five targets for no reason. Jack Doyle still out in the field more than the other two because he can block. It should be Mo Alley Cox time, but you can't trust it right now. So you can't play them either. On the Brown side of the ball, obviously Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb. He's an RB1. Dearness Johnson is a flex appeal guy. Remember, he came in last week. And he had 13 carries. He actually beat out Kareem Hunt in the carry department. And he looked very good. Whether that was part of the groin issue is what we're going to find out this week. Did he play that much because Kareem Hunt still wasn't 100% yet? Or did he play that much because Kevin Stefanski is set on using two running backs because of how much they're going to lean on the running backs in the running game to just set up the rest of the offense? So we're going to find that out this week. But I do think Johnson is somebody you can play in the flex. OBJ, you're playing him as a wide receiver too against the Colts here, especially after last week. I don't know if you just can automatically bench him, 
but hopefully you heed my advice and you're able to sell high on him while the opportunity was there because there's a decent chance that he could wind up not having such a great game in this one. And Jarvis Landry, again, another guy kind of like T.Y. Hilton, I'm not rostering him. So I'm not playing him this week. Just a quick note, David Njoku is expected back this week. It just makes the tight end position all that more confusing and all that more non-usable for fantasy football purposes. Austin Hooper should not be owned on your teams. So we move on now to the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Two players that I'm playing on the Giants. I'll play Darius Slayton because it's the Dallas Cowboys. He has that big play upside. This is the best matchup they've had so far. And I'll play Evan Ingram. That's it. I want to say you can stream, stream Daniel Jones because of the Dallas Cowboys, but he's played so horribly that I don't know how you do so with any confidence unless you're doing it as a contrarian DFS play. You move to the Cowboys side of the ball, obviously Dak Prescott, QB1. Ezekiel Elliott is an RB1. Amari Cooper's a wide receiver one. CeeDee Lamb's a confident wide receiver two. I think the only guy you question or not is Michael Gallup. Because the Giants don't really have anything in the secondary that worries you, I'm okay with playing Michael Gallup as a upside boomer bust flex play this week. And Dalton Schultz is definitely a streaming tight end against the New York Giants, one of the top streamers that we have. I know I'm flying through these games, but we're running out of time here. Denver Broncos, Drew Locke may be back. There's only one Denver Bronco I'm playing this week. That's Melvin Gordon. Wide receivers are a mess. This is not a great match against the Patriots, even with no Stephon Gilmore. It's not a great Broncos offense. I'm playing Melvin Gordon. That's it. Noah Fant's not expected to play this week either. On the Patriots side of the ball, there is some news with Cam Newton. He is somebody that if he can actually test negative two times in a row, there's actually somewhat of a chance that he could play this week. We're not counting on that happening. We're counting on it being either Jared Stenham or Brian Hoyer. We don't know which one yet. If that's the case, Julian Edelman, you can play because no matter who the quarterback is, he's going to have volume in the passing game. And I think he's going to be the only passing game. James White is somebody who's a flex in PPR leagues. Damian Harris is a flex play as well. And he has a real chance to do some work in this game because they're going to want to play conservatively against the Denver Broncos for sure. So Damian Harris is somebody who can get worked in. Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Dalvin Cook, RB1. Kirk Cousins is his top streaming quarterback. If, if I have the wide receivers at wide receiver one and wide receiver two overall, which is what we had with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson against the Seattle Seahawks, yeah, you better believe Kirk Cousins is going to be a streaming quarterback this week as, as well. And this is just pure matchup, and this could be the shootout of the week. Seahawks side of the ball goes without saying. Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Playing them, playing them with confidence. Again, could be the shootout of the week. You got to love their value. Last but not least, we got the Monday night game. We're going to come in right under the wire here. Chargers, Saints. Look, you have to own Joshua Kelly. You have to own Justin Jackson because I know Austin Eckler is out. I think there's a better chance that Jackson has a good game in this one because you can't really run too well in the Saints, and that's going to be Joshua Kelly's territory. I think Justin Jackson is going to be the pass catching back. We're going to find that out one way or another for sure this week. That, that, that's that's going to be the question on everybody's mind. Exactly how is this backfield going to work out? We're going to find that out for sure this week. But I would refrain from playing either one if you can help it. Now, you may not have better options. And like I said, they both come in as low-end RB2, high-end RB3s. But just temper your expectations given the matchup against that Saints defense. And I, if I could stand back and watch and kind of let this thing play out, that's what I would prefer to do if you have the capability of doing that. But you may not. Keenan Allen, as long as Justin Herbert's quarterback, Keenan Allen's looking at double-digit targets every single week. 
We still don't know Mike Williams is going to play. We're leaning towards probably not again this week. Hunter Henry comes in as a top 10 tight end. The Saints have been letting up points to the tight ends. Saw what Darren Waller did. I would know Mike Williams, no Austin Eckler. Somebody else besides Keenan Allen is going to get targeted a lot. If it's not Justin Jackson, it's going to be Hunter Henry. So I do like Hunter Henry coming into this game with it a bit. He's a must play against the Saints defense. On the, on the Saints side of the ball, it's at home against a banged up Chargers defense. So I think you can put Drew Brees in the streaming category and get a decent floor out of him, especially if Michael Thomas is in fact able to come back. Now he's doing a little bit more in practice, but I would st- still lean towards it being more of a long shot. We still didn't rank Michael Thomas because we were still leaning towards him not playing this week. I'm not going to play Emmanuel Sanders because he's going to be matched up on Hayward for most of this game. I'm not going to play Traquan Smith because you can't trust his volume. Jared Cook, we still don't know if he's going to be back this week or not. We're still waiting on word about that. If he is, he is somebody that you can stream at the tight end position because he's somebody who has greatly dropped over the past few weeks because he's been injured. Alvin Kamara, RB1. Latavius Murray, I know he fell into the end zone twice last week. But I was also against the Detroit Lions. And while he's had a decent amount of volume, and I, I expect him to get some, some volume again this week because his team is flowing through the running backs right now, especially without Michael Thomas. The only way he can give you flex appeal is if he falls in the end zone. And that's only happened once so far this season. Alva Kamara still comes in a lot on the red zone. I would expect that to continue. I can't really trust it as far as that goes. So when it comes to the Saints, I'm possibly streaming Drew Brees. I'm definitely playing Alva Kamara. And I'm probably avoiding everybody else unless Michael Thomas comes back this week. And then obviously you would play Michael Thomas. But I guess we'll simplify for that Monday night game. That wraps up the show. We did it. An hour and a half, a little over, roughly. We're going to cut it, though. We got through all the Week 5 matchups. Remember, hit us up on social media at BellyUpMDFFShow. Make sure you have the Twitter update notifications, that notification light on. We'll keep you up to date all weekend long. You'll be able to hit us up. You'll be able to contact me on Sunday morning for start sick questions on social media as well. I want to thank the Worldwide Sports Radio Network for hosting us again this show and moving forward. We'll be back next week. We will have the recap episodes for you on Monday and Tuesday like we always do. Those are pre-recorded, though, because we'll be back live next Thursday and Friday like we normally are from 12 to 1.30 on WWSRN. Make sure you download the app on iOS or Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Android to be able to listen and watch live and be able to listen to all the great content the Worldwide Sports Network has to offer. That's going to do it for us. Everybody take care. Have fun this weekend. Be safe. Have fun and win your leagues. Peace out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.